0: Thank you so much for downloading this episode of So What Do You Really Do, the podcast where I, your host, or Dennis Maller, speak to artists and entertainers about their day jobs and more talk about the coronavirus and the COVID-19 quarantine. Again, it's not something you're going to be able to, to get away from, so let's just dive headfirst in. Actually, one of the things I wanted to talk about are one of the... Subjects I wanted to highlight is not just how comedians are dealing with this, but how are comedy clubs dealing with this? And the first person that came to mind is no better person to talk to was someone who is both a comedian, he's an improviser, full-time entertainer, and owner of a comedy club theater slash comedy school. And that would be Chris True, owner of the New Movement in New Orleans So, Chris and I talked uh, through a safe social distance of the internet about uh, what it was like for his club to have to close down. Um, Because in New Orleans, they have hurricanes and floods and all these things. They have disasters that make them have to close regularly. So, we talked about where their preparedness was for the COVID 19 quarantine, how they're dealing with it, how they're going about it, and what things may change in the future. Obviously, Chris can't predict the future and he can't set policy or standards. So he was a little apprehensive to say what he thinks the future is because he doesn't want to be wrong. And of course, none of us want to think of the worst case scenarios because even if we breathe those into the air, we don't want them to come true when it becomes to the worst case scenarios. So he did give me some ideas of what he think we may be in store for when, if and when all of this dies down and we go back to whatever our new normal will be and it's interesting to listen to somebody who has experience with catastrophe basically i mean if we can call this quarantine anything it's that uh so it was interesting to hear his perspective on it and more importantly his optimism going into this and his optimism for coming out of all of this so please enjoy my chat with comedian and comedy club owner chris true all right. So, opening this up with the question that we have to ask every single person that we come across nowadays: How is everybody, your family, and you, and everyone
1: doing? Oh yeah, we're all fine. All you know, all things considered, no major dramas. Just kind of like the standard, regular dramas that most people are going through.
0: Okay, so we're all sharing the same existential dread, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're all healthy while having this mental breakdown
1: totally aside from a you know a an out of nowhere uh, semi addiction to diet soda beverages which i've never really experienced before i think i'm pretty healthy i never drink sodas and i started drinking diet sodas and it's the first thing i know i need to stop doing as soon as this is all over with
0: fair enough yeah i'm uh my diet's just as bad into this quarantine as it was going into uh, before it so I have no habits to break. Um, all right. So as a as a owner of a comedy club um, and a school and a comedy school, what did the first days of quarantine or first few days before the quarantine happened look like for you guys? Were you considering closing down? Were you worried you're going to have to shut down?
1: A little bit of everything. We were on deck to do whatever we had to do, of course. But we also deal with a lot of hurricanes and and almost hurricanes down here in New Orleans so you know throughout the year we'll have random like, oh no, a street might be flooding because some crazy thing with the sewage company happened and now places have to close. So we're kind of, um, I don't want to say we're always on edge. That's, that would be disingenuous, but we were just, we're just kind of ready to say, okay, we don't have shows this weekend and we might not have shows next weekend. So when all this first started happening, it wasn't a, it wasn't like, oh no, mega nightmare what do we do we were just kind of like this might be one of those things you know like we cancel for mardi gras every year we're ready to cancel every time a hurricane might come through so uh it wasn't a really big deal at first and that that very first weekend when when stuff started happening that march like 15th 16th ish I had two big album recordings that were scheduled at my theater. One was a a collaborative stand-up album, and one was this weird improv experiment album I was trying. And both those things got canceled because people just started dropping off. Each of those projects had a ton of people uh, that were a part of the show. And just days before it, it was like, Four people dropped off. Then someone texted me. They might not come. Then three people were like, I'm probably not going to show up. So that's when I started to really feel like, okay, this is – people are going to start bowing out of things at the theater. And so that was the first big thing we had to deal with. And after that, we just we, – we canceled that next weekend, and then we haven't been open since then.
0: So you haven't been open since basically St. Patrick's Day. Correct. Correct. That's interesting you said about the recordings because that's another thing that I've been talking to people about who had a recordings or album releases affected by this. And one person went and took an old record. You know, two two people I talked to who were going to do recordings during this just went and took old recordings that they were never going to release and release them for the time being. Is going is some is there a uh, a plan for you when it comes to albums right now where you're like, can I do something in the interim of this that is? Still going to prepare me for an album recording release, um, or are you just postponing until everything dies down?
1: I just postponed it because it's you know it, it, it's just gonna it's just gonna be a better project in the future with more time for it you know for the the ideas to simmer and to get more people on board with it. Uh, neither one of these projects would really work recording it. Uh, you know, over over Squadcast or Zoom or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm comfy. I'm comfy just just being on pause for those things. But that's that's cool to hear that other people are are being innovative like that. I definitely support that.
0: Oh, you're a comedian and an improviser, so this question may not apply. But when you do the recording in time, do you think a lot of it's going to change and be about some of this quarantine stuff, or do you think it's pretty much going to be the same? Or since you're an improviser, it's would have been whatever was going to happen at that moment anyway. Well, one of the
1: th- projects uh, was called Pass the Mic, and it was a, it's a duo stand-up set where it's me and another comedian pass the mic back and forth, and this set is pretty much improvised. So uh, I imagine that there will be some quarantine, COVID-ish stuff that makes its way into that organically. The other project is uh, called Improv from 1992. And I just found a really old, antiquated improv book from 92. And it has like a, (laughs) a lot of just overbearing uh, concepts for improv scenes that just gives you way too much information. So I was going to do that project with other people. So that, that probably won't get touched by, by recent events, but I'm sure past the mic. Well, and that's okay.
0: Um, and then going back to the club. So since you shut down and every, uh, you closed the club up and now you can't open if you wanted to, because um, all the States are shut down and everything at this point, for the most part, and we'll address that later. Um, have you and the other performers at your uh, theater, Come up with alternative methods of performing and trying to keep yourself in the mood of being performing.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple efforts like that. Uh, one, you know, every Sunday afternoon, we, you know, our theater opens itself up to anyone who wants to come in and just practice improv. It's our, you know, it's our weekly jam. If you're not familiar with improv jams, it's kind of like everyone shows up and just. And just does improv kind of with no audience, so it's a um, you know, so it's a safe place to just experiment. And that's a really big community night at our theater, the New Movement down here in New Orleans. Uh, so we started doing that on Zoom. So we started calling it Student Zoomian. So that is happening every Sunday, and it's it's better than you think it would be doing an improv jam on, <laughs> on the on the, um, on a call like this. I did not have high hopes personally in terms of it uh, in terms of it working, but I was I was wrong. And I think more importantly than it working or not is that it's giving people something to look forward to in some way to keep their creativity. Uh, you know um happening uh other than that there's been a couple of of efforts here and there that's like let's play this board game together or not a board game what some whatever like those code names or just just various board uh, games like that that people play on our patio after shows there's been some online versions of that that people have done um we i know some of our people are writing we have an online sketch comedy workshop that we're doing so people have uh, you know are, are taking their scripts and they are getting other people to act them out on zoom calls so the writers can see what the words sound like uh coming out of actors mouths so that's been fun too but no other shows we have i do think we have some shows that would work in this format but um but we haven't we haven't done a ton of them it feels like the market is very flooded right now with with so many shows like that, and I think that we've just been spending this time getting ready to hit the ground sprinting as soon as uh, we can open for real.
0: Okay, and that's one of the things that I was wondering with your theater because when I went down there to perform a couple, uh, well, I went to the uh, one of them in a couple years uh, a couple of years ago, and I was floored by how different everybody's comedy was at that I was only there for a weekend and I was floored at how innovative and original a lot of people's comedy and the sh- types of shows and stuff were so I figured as soon as this is like one of the you know this is like a perfect time for the new movement because those performers I think would really look at this as a time to be more innovative and not just be generic uh so I feel like your your school uh, your theater and school is probably embrace this whole thing as oh cool this is something new we can figure out
1: yeah and uh first of all thanks for saying that that's a very sweet of you and I, and I agree i think that there is a lot of uh, just insanely talented like swiss army knife type performers uh, that come out of the new movement or that make their way there um i've seen people do some innovative stuff um like you know various like game show type things on instagram live or you know, a, a lot of there's been a lot of brainstorming for things to do as soon as we're able to open Like one of the things that we're putting together right now, because a lot of people are uh, quarantined with a romantic partner or roommate or maybe a family member that doesn't do comedy. And so we're trying to put together a show that is basically that will happen Once quarantine's over, that is all of these people performing with their roommates. So it's like, you know, like my name is Colton and I live here with Steve, and Steve doesn't do comedy, but I do. And so here's the show that me and Steve worked on uh, while we were all locked up. We're putting together something like that that I think could be really fun. But most of our efforts have been things that we're going to do as a result of all this, once we can actually open.
0: The being quarantined with a comedian appreciation show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, one of the the things that are looming over all of our heads right now is the excessive dread of finances, paying rent, money coming in, obviously with your theater, it's supported by ticket sales and it's supported by uh, class uh, 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 tuition and stuff like that. When the lockdown, all this happened, obviously you were thinking, all right, well, we have no, no, to, We have little to no revenue now coming in to hold things. Is there – and you don't have to say specific numbers about anything, but were there avenues that you and your partners looked into to try and keep things – like loans or the P, the payroll protection program or any of those things? Yeah, we
1: definitely have done all of those things that we can. We, we have gotten a little bit of funding, and that is uh, – when I say a little bit, I do mean a little – bit. Um, The SBA direct deposit loan that we got was way less than what we thought it was going to be. And that's a little disheartening. But We have, uh, you know, we we've we've been doing these online sketch comedy workshops to to generate some income. Also, uh, luckily for us, back in the fall, so like October, we actually launched an online improv class because I've been getting into a lot of different online trainings for different skills, and I was wondering if if improv would work, and it. It seemed like, no, this would not work teaching an improv class online for all of the obvious reasons, um, most notably that improv is an in-the-moment type of thing. And uh, But we did it. We did it a new way. We gave it a shot, and uh, I'm grateful that we did because we've actually been having an online improv course. So people have been buying that from all over the world, which has been great, um, certainly not enough. To, to, make, uh, to make all the ends meet like they normally would if, um, if we were open. But those two things have been helpful. There's been some donations from our community and from people who just frequent the theater a lot, which is very, very kind. Uh, the only other interesting thing that we've done, and this is an idea that anyone can, can take if they want it, if it helps them out, but we're, we're, we're selling tickets to a show that doesn't exist yet. That's basically, It's called The Comedy No Show. And the date for the show on Eventbrite is like Friday, June 4th. But what we're doing is everyone who buys a ticket to that show can use that ticket for literally any show that we do when we open. And, and the more tickets you buy, the more free tickets we give to you. So that, you know, you can buy five tickets for 50 bucks, but we'll actually give you 10 tickets and the show doesn't exist yet. So we're calling it the comedy no show. So that's the one show that we're promoting a lot right now. It just, it's just a way you know, it's, it, it's basically a glorified way of selling a gift card to the theater. Yeah, But oh, it, feels, it feels different though, because it's actually, you're actually holding a ticket, you know, you print out your ticket. So, um, I feel like it, it, it feels a little different from a gift card, but, um, but that's been going well for us too.
0: Oh, that's great that you came up with something different and innovative that people are going to be able to use in the future when you're up and rolling. That's great. That is a great idea. That's again, one of those things that comes from, um, being innovative and being on your feet.
1: We're trying, man.
0: Uh, now, as of this weekend, a couple states started what phase one or whatever they're calling this right now. And I've heard of at least two comedy clubs and probably a couple other, um, but I've personally heard of two comedy clubs that have opened. As someone who saw this coming ahead of time and someone who's dealing with it now and having to worry about that, if the state of Louisiana today said, all right, we're going to enact phase one, you can open, but you can only keep it at... Ten, 10 audience members, you know, or or whatever, would you, do, where where do you think, do you think it's a good idea to be opening now as a business owner, or do you think it's better to wait off a, a little bit later or some answer in between?
1: I am far, far, far from any expert on all this stuff. I think the answer is probably somewhere in between. I would be I'm excited and eager to open, but I am also eager to not be part of the problem and not being open satisfies that. But, you know, as soon as we can open, if if the scenario that you suggested is what happens, if it's yeah, 10 audience members at a time, I would say, okay, great. Now we have six shows a night. You know, we have a show at seven. 745, 830, 915. And if we would just we would just shuttle people back and forth and get them in and out of there and just keep doing shows over and over and over again. And um yeah, I am not particularly worried about, about adapting to whatever the, the rules are after we can formally open. I'm I'm eager to I'm eager to, for for the for our community to flex its muscles and see what we see what we're made of.
0: Best case scenario, everybody opens up and we go back to normal. Normal in quotations. What do you think normal is going to look like in the future? Do you think it's going to be fire codes for the amount of people will be lessened? Do you think there's going to be stronger demands on sanitation and stuff like that, or do you think come the fall everything will be back to normal and this will just be a thought, uh, a, a passing thought in our minds and a joke of something that happened, once happened.
1: Yeah, man. Again, I think somewhere in between all that. But to give you a more specific, uh, actual answer to your question, I think here in New Orleans, we're always kind of a little bit behind the rest of the country, uh, w- which is, which in some ways, it's part of its charm. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. My best guess is there will be, you know, that you have to like just take out the seats. If you have seats that are movable, take out the seats so that we can – so that someone can come in here and look and see that it is impossible for there to be more than 15, 20 people, whatever the number is. I think that might be a thing that happens. I think it would be absurd to have theater performers or stand-up comedians – perform wearing masks, but like if everyone, if if all audience members had masks, maybe that was, maybe that's going to be a thing that happens. Um, It's really, it's really scary, especially, especially venues that have, that have bars, which, which now you have like a foot in both sides of it. You have like service industry, and you also have the theater, so I don't know if it's going to be so much. I don't know if it's going to be like, well, we should not even have our bar open because having a bar opens us up to all these other rules and regulations that we otherwise wouldn't have to do if we were just a theater. But then, of course, that cuts into all kinds of other revenue issues and whatnot. So it's 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 uh, it's it's such a hard call. It's such a hard thing to predict. But but like I said, I'm I'm generally an optimistic positive person and i'm just excited to see how we can make all this work not just not just we the new movement here in new orleans but i mean like comedy venue owners all over the place i'm looking forward to seeing how everyone adapts and borrowing ideas from each other inspiring each other and just trying to get uh, people back on their feet doing comedy and also giving people something to do in terms of watching comedy
0: yeah and optimism is something that we need a, a lot of in in what's going on right now so it's yeah. good that you are optimistic because I, I am the, I'm not, I'm not an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. I'm more of a, you know, not half glass. My glass isn't half full. It's not half empty. It's broken and spilled everywhere. So <laughs>
1: oh, no, I got to get you a new glass, Dennis.
0: <laughs> I need a new movement, uh, pipe pint, pint glass.
1: <laughs> they don't uh, exist, but I no. will make one for you if it makes you feel better.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and then finally, just a question for you as a performer, the man who makes his living as being a performer just real quick, tell me kind of outside of the theater and the school and all that, and just as somebody who tours as a performer, when all this went into effect, what was your feelings? Because, um, I mean, I'm not a full-time performer now, but I lost a couple hundred dollars a week because of quarantine, because of performing and show- and losing shows like that, and your entire revenue comes from that. Where, where are you with, with that in your thought process of, of what happened and dealing with that?
1: Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm a strange bird when it comes to that, because I I feel like I've got, I've got feet in multiple realms, you know? So like the, the things that make me the most money are like, Larger festivals that I'm a small component of, but it's an annual standing gig, you know, like I'm the MC at the Richmond Tattoo Convention, or I run this side stage at the Buffalo Chip Biker Rally in South Dakota. And it's like those things are my are some of my biggest uh paydays but they're also the things i have some of the least amount of control over because these are like really big giant events and the biggest ones are the are like the first to fall with um you know with with all the cancellation. so it's it, it makes me nervous but i also you know I, I i also think fast on my feet and i'm down to i'm down to figure out how to make up those lost dates and that lost revenue i i also you know while i do a lot of those shows. I also do my fair share of like mini tours where I'm performing on a Monday night in Birmingham, Alabama, and I have no idea how many people are showing up. And if I have to do more stuff like that just to satisfy the urge to tour and the actual need to make some money, I'll just do more of that. I, I, I'm I'm cool with that. And, uh, and again, eager to see what happens because I have no idea. I have no idea there's going to be more work because some comedians are going to be less likely to take chances and go on the road. Or I don't know if there's going to be less work all around because there's just less things happening. No idea what's going to go down, but I'm ready for it.
0: So you're not afraid of the unknown. You're excited and inspired by the unknown.
1: You know, I've always been a, you know, when everyone zigs, you zag kind of of person. And it doesn't always, you know, that's not always the right way to be. (laughs) But I think what's Things like this, when it feels like most people are kind of very naturally shifting to one perspective, or we're all scared for the same reasons, it's like an opportunity for the people who think differently to like try other stuff. And I also think that I have less of a fear of of it not going well, because if it doesn't go well, we'll just... Try something else, and I and I'm kind of okay with that. So I, it might be some of that kicking in for me too. But yeah, I I I'm ready. I'm ready. But I also I also want everything to be okay.
0: All right, Chris. Well, it was good talking to you, and I'm glad to see that you have optimism for the future, and that the cloud hasn't been that impacted by everything that's going on. That you have kind of a contingency plan for things like this, even though this is going a lot longer than you expected. But you had plans, and and you weren't. Blindsided by all this,
1: yeah. And uh, thanks for the airtime, bud. I, I'm glad that to see you're doing some stuff too, making use of the downtime. And I really, I'm pulling for everyone out there who works in comedy in any aspect. I'm pulling for all of us. Let's help each other out. And best of luck to everyone. Tell people where they can hear and see you and stuff
0: about the new movement.
1: Sure. So if you happen to find yourself ever in the New Orleans area, my comedy theater is called the New Movement. We are at 2706 St. Claude Avenue. Improv sketch stand-up all kinds of stuff or if you're looking for a reason to come to new orleans what i really want to plug is hell yes fest which is our annual comedy festival that happens down here in new orleans in the middle of november every year as of now hell yes fest is still happening the festival is not big enough uh, to, to be told we can't do it by the city of New Orleans. So, uh, you know, a lot of festivals down here are being canceled because they have, you know, they expect 25,000 people and it's partying in the streets and whatnot. This is a little bit of a different type of thing. So right as of now, Hell Yes Fest is on, applications are open and your Hell Yes Fest application also uh, is not just for the festival. We kind of treat that as a year round application. So if you just want to come to New Orleans, uh, submit to Hell Yes Fest. Now we have your tape, we've seen you and we'd love to get you down here if at all, if we like your tape and if you want to come down here and if it all works out, let's, let's make it happen. That, that, uh, that's up right now. And uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Chris true. C H R I S T R E W.
0: Awesome. All right. Comedians, uh, go ahead and submit to hell. Yes. Fest. Cause it is one of my favorite comedy festivals that I've done. Uh, so I can highly recommend that it. it is a good time to do that. Um, and everyone else new movement theater and follow chris true because uh, he's always whether it's announcing a minor league baseball team or <laughs> coming up with the uh air sex challenge or any of those other things that he does they're always a good fun time so chris thanks for uh talking to me i'm glad everything's going well and i'll we will cross paths again in the uh comedy circuits later this year when the gods allow us to do that
1: i can't wait thanks dennis